What's happening, guys? Welcome to Friday's episode of Locked On Marlins. There is tons to get into. There has been an extension, not for the Marlins, but in the NL East. Jeff McNeil signing a deal with the Mets. We're going to think about who could be extended, who should be extended from the Marlins. Also, Sandy Alcantara flying private to go and collect some silverware, the Cy Young Trophy. We're going to talk about Sandy as well. Uh, and, well, there's going to be tons of other topics. Finally, finally, we make it happen as well. Danny Rodriguez is in the house. Long-time listener, first-time caller, well, second-time caller. But finally, he has a Wi-Fi signal. So Danny is joining the show as well. All on today's Locked on Marlins. You are Locked on Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked On Marlins. This is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you are listening, hit subscribe. The pods will just drop onto your device and they are coming at you pretty much daily. Yes, there is a YouTube channel if you would like to see us. And yes, the YouTube channel is called Locked On Marlins for those that can see us. Danny Rodriguez in the house looking absolutely flames. He is stationary this time. He has a Wi-Fi signal. This yes. is going better than last time, Danny. <laughs> Long time, brother. How are we doing? We're doing well. Last time, you know, I was I was on a drive to Miami on my phone mm -hmm. with terrible signal. So so we'll, we'll call this the official first uh, time on the pod. 100%. It was an ambitious play, I think, the fact that you had no Wi-Fi. You were driving. I'm three and a half thousand miles away from you. What could go in wrong? Hindsight, in hindsight, it wasn't the best plan. We tried. We did actually hit record. We did start. And I must say to those, it's un like an unseen episode now. The first seven minutes were unbelievable. Unbelievable content. So they'll never be seen by anyone else. But anyway, I mean, listen, this, this Marlins offseason has ebbed and flowed is how I describe it. There was a lot of lulls early, but then it's really ramped up. So I'm really keen to kind of get into... Uh, your view on how things have been going, how the Marlins are shaping up. But equally, there's been some breaking news in effect as we started the episode here and Jeff McNeil getting the deal done with the Mets, which kind of got me thinking about extensions. And just, I think, let's kind of start there right now and think about, uh, well, actually, from a Mets perspective, uh, they get a nice deal with McNeil here in terms of a dollar value and, and a nice player. Um, but let's think about it from a Marlins perspective, mate. Uh, Sandy Alcantara last offseason getting the real nice extension, uh, and he absolutely uh, delivered value on that. A lot of people talking about uh, potential extensions. I think Jazz Chisholm clearly being one of the names mentioned. Luis Arias, another name mentioned they've just traded for. There's also some expiring deals, too, in uh, Joey Wendell, Garrett Cooper. Who's going to get the bag next time around for the fish here from an extension perspective, and who should? So I definitely think there's, there's two that I think Kim Ang has her eye on. It's, it's Jazz, first and foremost, and Jazz is, is in his own category. Mm -hmm. And then second, Jesus Lusardo. Oh, I, think, okay. I, think, I think if Jesus Lusardo has a good year, he showed a lot. He only pitched 100 innings last year, obviously the elbow problems. Yeah. But I think they're going to take off the leash for Jesus this year. You're going to yeah. see what he can do. And if he really proves himself, I think he's the next arm that that sees some money come his way because you'll have two years left 
on of arbitration, I believe, after yeah. this season. Yep. And so I think I think they're going to take a look at him because he might get more expensive if he if he proves to be the the low three ERA pitcher that he is. But obviously, Jazz first and foremost, he's the guy with the the highest ceiling that maybe they want to give an extension before he reaches that ceiling because then he'll just get priced out of the Marlins price range. Yeah. You know how that goes. Their price range isn't that high, I don't think. So <laughs> exactly. So maybe maybe this the McNeil extension helps the Marlins because it's mm. it's four years, 50 mil. Obviously McNeil's a little bit older, but but it could be good news for the Marlins that they're not looking at like something in the $150 million range, especially yeah. if Jazz popped off this year, which which a bunch of people are expecting. Yeah. So um it could I, I think I think that's actually a positive for the Marlins um in terms of an extension and considering Jazz's age too. So I love the shout on Lazardo, by the way, in terms of you know, because I guess what we've what we've heard this offseason, we've heard a lot of rumors in terms of trades. Uh, obviously Pablo Lopez was a big name mentioned. We've heard Trevor Rogers' name. Um, we haven't heard really Jesus Lazardo's name being mentioned a ton in trades and really starting to get the sense that the Marlins are really valuing him, which kind of links to what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you're hearing Pablo being thrown around, Eddie, mm-hmm. Trevor, mm-hmm. Jesus, they're holding on to that. Like it's a, it's, it's someone, I mean, for a guy like Brett Beatty, they were saying was like the only way that they would get rid of Jesus. Yeah. And that's like, that's a top 15 prospect in baseball. That's a game changing bat. Like that's, that that's how high in regard that they hold Jesus. And I think that, I think, I think he's a low key uh, person to keep an eye on for, for some money coming his way, especially if he, if he, springboards off the successful 2022 season that I thought he had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, when he was on the field, it was absolutely stunning. The the actual, the, the on-field production, the strikeout, everything was just a, a immense with Jesus Lozado. And uh, yeah, if if he didn't have the the arm injury uh, that kind of ruled him out for, you know, two, two and a half months, I think it was, it seemed to go on forever, that injury. Um, and it was originally you know, a 15-day stand, you know, miss one turn, two turns and back. And next thing is, it was like, Midsummer, the oh, Marlins yeah. were selling, and you know Lazada was on his way back. So great shout though on Jazz. I mean, the point you make though on Jazz and extension wise, this is a really intriguing moment. I'm, I'm interested to get your take more generally on Jazz. This center field decision because, well, for, let's start there. Do you think Jazz is going to see time in center field? Do you think that's actually going to happen? I know that's what's been said, but what's what's said and I what mean, happens can be two different things. Very vocal on Twitter about my opinion on this. Okay. I'm of the, I'm of the opinion. If you have something that works, you 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 try and improve everything around that that doesn't work. You don't move what works to un, to create another question mark. Mm-hmm. So, in essence, what we have done is we have gotten a Gold Glove caliber second baseman who has never played a lick of outfield in his life. This is a guy who played infield and shortstop his entire life. We're going to mm-hmm. move him to center field. He's athletically gifted, no doubt, but we're going to move him to center field. And then we're going to put a below average second baseman defensively in Luis Arise at second base. Mm. So now up the middle, we're going to have no athleticism, Jacob Stallings, no athleticism, Luis Arise, no athleticism, Joey Wendell. Is that really (laughs) what we want to build the middle of our field with? Yeah, we'll have Jazz Chisholm, who's electric in center, but he's never played the position before. So Kim Lang has built the middle of the field with nothing but question marks. Yeah. Defensively, that is. Uh, are you concerned about this strategy? <laughs> <laughs> Could you tell my, my about my concern? I am extremely, I am extremely concerned, and I, yeah. I feel like this is just a cop out on Kim Meng's part because she's afraid to pull the trigger 
to acquire a real center fielder. And that's what I think it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's still time in the off season, so let's not fully rule that out, but I mean, the options are limited. Um, let's yeah. say from a, from a trade perspective, uh, free agency, they, they were never in the hunt, let's say for any of the, the, yeah. the main options there. So there's still time. Uh, we'll wait and see. Jazz has just kind of put his name forward and said, listen, I'll do it. Just, you know, put the, put the organization on my back, I guess. But we, we've seen at this point, I think they're committed to it because it's been reported. Jazz mm-hmm. has come out and actually said he'll play center field. Skip Schumacher has said, you, how, you want to be my center fielder? Uh, Ken Rosenthal wrote an article about it. They're, they're, they're in too deep at this point. Jazz is our center fielder. Roller coaster out and just get, be along for the ride. Oh man. I mean, listen, if it works, it works like happy days in many ways, but it's, it's a high risk strategy. And like you said, it is another question mark. It is, you know, jazz at second base. No question. Other than the health clearly. And that is the main thing. You need to stay healthy and stay on the field. He's looking strong. The BP he put out on uh, on Twitter the other week, he was oh, looking yeah, was very right strong, <laughs> looking amazing. I mean, I, I'd love it. Jazz is committed to the Marlins here. He's put his name forward. He's he's the captain now. Like, he's saying, listen, this is my team. This is my organization. I'm going to lead from the front, and I'm going to take the center field job, which, you know, is what's necessary. Going back to the extension piece, really, it's time for the Marlins to get serious about this now and commit to Jazz, because Jazz is already committed to them, in my opinion. But... If he goes out there in center field, has all-star level, gold caliber center field, it's going to be expensive, right? It's going to be way more expensive than a, a game-changing second baseman, worth less than a game-changing center fielder. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. So Jazz, this season, might earn himself an extra $50 million. Yeah, he literally might. If, if it works in center field, it's probably a $50 million payday for, for him, in addition to what he'd get anyway for second base. Right. So. Well, that yeah, I, I definitely agree. And if he does and he stays healthy the whole time, I would say he 100% has earned it. My gripe, I wouldn't even say a gripe. My hesitation with Jazz thus far has been his production tailing off as the season comes on mm-hmm. and his health. Those yeah. are th- those are the two things. His talent is undeniable and he has been amazing to start to start his seasons. And and yeah. even last year he was an all, he was he was the all-star second baseman. Yeah. So voted. What I voted him, would you believe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so with you. What I want to see is him taking care of his body, which there's been some issues with that before. Mm-hmm. And 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 him staying consistent with his production. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think like you mentioned, the whole there's a lot hinging on this season for jazz right now. There's tons. If if there's a healthy full one six two out of Jazz Chisholm Jr. at above average center field defense, then boy oh boy we're in for a monster. Um, I'm gonna I wanted to ask you as well about the impact maybe of uh, some of the other changes in the infield. But before we do that, I need to tell you about our good friends over and our new friends over at FanDuel. Boy oh boy, we got the new sponsors rolling in here with lockdown, which we'd love to see. Um, and the NFL playoffs are here. Boy oh boy, it's a big weekend and we're excited about our new sports betting partner for locked on because they're the number one sports book in america it's FanDuel, and if you're new to them that's even better they've got so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy and new customers if you are a new customer listen up quick join today get started with 150 bucks in free bets guaranteed when you place your first five dollar bet that's all it needs a five dollar fifty dollars in free bets 
oh boy, how do you do it? Where have I got to go? You got to go to fanduel.com slash locked on. Simple, right? Fanduel.com slash locked on. They got all your favorite bets, money line, point spreads, player props. If you want it, they have got it. And you can combine all your bets for a chance for a bigger payout with the same game parlay. I love those. I love a parlay because I love a big payout. They never seem to come, but anyway. Um, <laughs> football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fanduel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. Um, Danny, let's get back into this uh, situation. The middle infield, the spine, I think one of the key things, I've just been uh, doing a, a fantasy podcast actually talking about the Marlins and talking about Sandy Alcantara specifically. And the question posed to me was, how do you feel about Sandy? Is he a top five fantasy uh, pitcher? And I said, hmm, it's a great question. For a guy that relies so heavily on his ground ball, um, all of a sudden the Marlins have gone anti-ground ball pitcher right now. So I did say tread carefully with Sandy Alcantara from a fantasy perspective, but Miguel Rojas traded to the Dodgers. Big trade. Um, looks like they're going with Joey Wendell at shortstop. Uh, Jazz Chisholm was an option. Maybe Gene Segura was an option. Jacob Amaya could be an option. What was your take on that move? Because for me, it it definitely weakens the spine defensively, let's say. It. I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, I, Miguel Rojas, one of the greatest defensive shortstops in the history of the organization, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that the organization, after a certain period of time last year, there was a closed-door team meeting. It seemed like the connection was severed between Miguel Rojas and the organization. It seems with the rift between Jazz and Miggy Rowe, which we can get into some details if you want, um, it seemed like the organization positioned itself more towards uh, favoring Jazz's side than Miggy Rowe. And then it just reached a breaking point in the offseason where it seemed like they would just rather cut ties altogether with, with Miggy Rowe, which, I mean, I'm happy I'm happy he's in L.A. Um, he'll be in a way better uh, position, in my opinion. And hopefully, hopefully I think he's going to be on the Venezuelan team for the World Baseball Classic, so it'll be nice to see him at Marlins Park again. Yeah. But the organization is definitely... Uh, taking Jazz's side, uh, no matter what, it seems like, <laughs> no, no yeah. matter what uh, comes his way. Well, share some details in this area. It sounds like you've, uh, you've, you've got some information here to share around this, uh, this situation. You know, it's fair to say, uh, there was, you know, there was, there was some heat, let's say on locked on Marlins in this, around this topic area at the there time. Some heat, some turmoil. Yeah, so, there was some turmoil. There's some dramas, but what have, what have you heard? So my hashtag sources, um, they shared, <laughs> they shared some details with me. They, um, so since the beginning, it's been it's been noted about Jazz's proclivity to bend the rules of the organization a little bit. Mm. Uh, ever since 2020, when, since he came on, there's been times where he'll go out uh, on a Friday night with a Saturday day game or Saturday night with a Sunday day game, have a little bit too much to drink, comes on the next day and says, Skip, my ankle's hurt and can't play. Mm. or skip my shoulders hurting me and just just give me the day this guy's hung over man like he's oh, not hurt he's hung over. Man. and so that Mickey's not happy with that right <laughs> Mickey's not happy with that you know and he he'd leave team meetings early he wouldn't show up on time things like that where like where a professional would normally 
conduct himself in a certain way. Miggy Rowe and a couple of, the, of, of these guys, the older guys on the team, um, had a problem with him conducting himself in, an, in a manner unbecoming of a professional baseball player. Let's put that in a let's let's tie that up in a bow real nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they go to Don Mattingly where and in, in their mind, they, they're thinking this is something that management needs to take care of. This is mm-hmm. something that management needs to check this player. Mind you, this is when Jazz is popping off. Jazz is uh, yeah. the best part of the team. Miguel Rojas is sucking. And so it's Miguel Rojas, Jesus Aguilar, Anthony Bass, and Jacob Stallings. They, those four had a problem with Jazz's antics, I guess, if that's the word you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They go into Don Mattingly's office, and it's Don Mattingly, it's James Rousen, and it's Kim Ang. And they approach him saying, we need you to do something about this. His behavior is detrimental to the team. It's uh, a lack of respect, yada, yada, yada. And so that's when Don Mattingly brings all the players in, no media, closed-door meeting, stands up and goes, so four ladies came to my office and talked to me yesterday. Four ladies. Oh, my days. And I want them to stand up like a man and say with their chest what they told me to whoever mm-hmm. they wanted to say it to. Oh, my and days. So Miggy Rowe and Jesus Aguilar, who, mind you, are not on the team anymore. Mm, yeah. <laughs> There's Anthony Bass. Yeah. True. <laughs> and they have an open forum airing out all their disputes. Wow. And, and arguments were flying left and right. And I guarantee you that's why when someone asked Don Maddenly after – was this resolved? Donnie said no. Because <laughs> it was just arguments flying left and right. People were yelling, not 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 productive mm-hmm. chat. Not a productive chat. Wow. And I think that from then on it was it was a, a deteriorating relationship. And Miggy Miggy Rowe felt hurt mm-hmm. because he considered Donnie. I mean, he he's he's known Donnie the longest on this team. Yeah. There's no he's he was the longest tenure Marlin. Yeah. So he was hurt. He was hurt by it, you know, and they talked after and I guess I guess they tried to mend it. But I mean, Donnie basically stuck his middle finger at Miggy Rowe mm-hmm. and, 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 and not too many terms. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. Crazy I mean, stuff. right? Crazy. I mean, this type of shit, I'm sure, goes goes down and happens all over all over the show and with with tons of clubs and, and whatever. But that that whole incident the way donnie handled handled it in the media was always it he created this this buzz around <laughs> it, it because it was, of, it was him who did this <laughs> it was like don I, donnie created this I, I situation surprised. i was surprised that he handled it that way like this guy's mm. been in baseball forever like he seems yeah. like such a mild-mannered guy he doesn't seem like someone who would who would light light the match and throw it into a and throw into yeah. a pit of gasoline you know what i mean he like did. It was full gasoline, no doubt. Because if he would have said nothing or handled it differently, there would have been there wouldn't have been the emphasis in this area. Clearly, the stuff would have happened and, and got said, and you know it is what it is. But you know, for me, it was it was kind of clear that you know there was there was some drama happening, and you know there was a big statement the next day. Garrett Cooper in the clubhouse, you know, a Jazz Chisholm T-shirt on. You know, it was clear that there was some drama flying around, some accusations, and and some of the guys were taking a stand and. In reality, the players plus the organization, I think, have shown they've taken a stand because 
they've backed Jazz because, well, fundamentally, he's a superstar and they he's, want he's a better player. So, I mean, as an organization, what do you, you know, like I, I can what see do you it do? from both sides. Like, yeah. like you, you, have, you have rules as an organization for a reason. Players sure. need to follow them. Players are professionals. On the other hand, if there's a dispute between two players and one is, let's let's face it, aging a little bit, not producing on the field mm-hmm. versus the young superstar who is putting up numbers and is and is in the media 24-7, I mean, the choice is obvious. So I can yeah. see it from both ends 100%. Yeah, yeah, me too. And I can I can certainly see why why Miggy and 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 maybe Aggie were were hurt by that situation too, where you know the the old school guys, the rules guys, you know, that's just kind of their bread and butter, right? You know, this is how we run clubhouses. This is what you need to do. They expect Donnie to back them up. The next thing is it they goes don't. completely the opposite way, and they're left going, "Whoa, what's my position here now?" And well, they get cut. I guess we, we we know what their position is. So, wild yeah. scenes, mate. Um, keep those ears to the ground for any more sources on anything Marlins, mate. You, you know, there's always a locked on Marlins seat available for you, mate. Always, so. always. <laughs> you got it. Um, Sandy Alcantara is going to pick up his uh, his Cy Young uh, hardware. It seems right now. Just talk to me about Sandy though, more generally, because what I was thinking about today is. Has Sandy reached his peak, or is there still more to come from Sandy here heading into 2023? I think his game is just it's it's so conducive to long-term success. Yeah. In my opinion. He knows how to miss barrels, and that is one of the most important things as a pitcher that you need to master. And so few can master them. Yeah. And Sandy is just so good with his sinker and his pitch mix and his location, just consistently missing barrels that even guys like Joey Wendell and Luisa Rice can scoop up nice and easy ground balls right to him yeah. all the time. <laughs> so in my opinion, Sandy is a guy who knows, let's face it, bullpen's a little weak on the back end. Mm-hmm. He needs to be controlling his pitch count. He needs to be in control of the game. If he ne- if it's bases loaded one out, you know he's getting two punchies. Yeah. But if it's a clean inning, it's probably three broken bats to the third baseman. Yeah. Like that's the inning Sandy prefers. And yeah. we've seen him go complete games with three strikeouts and you're thinking to yourself, I don't think anybody even barreled a base- barreled a baseball game. No. I like to me that is that is a guy who will be extremely successful and put together five, six, seven, eight really amazing seasons back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. And we have and he's and he has proven his durability to us. I mean that 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 is there is no contesting that. I mean the <laughs> the durability is just insane. It is like no other right now. It's it's wild. I'm interested though to see, you know, clearly with with a new, you know, skipper in 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 town this year and skip Schumacher. I'm intrigued to see whether they, they let Sandy have the same leash, whether it's the same Sandy, whether he's given that, that right in some ways to go nine. Like, cause Don, if with Donnie, it just felt like a hey, Sandy's rolling, Sandy can just go. But I do wonder if skip may look at things slightly differently. And they put like the handbrake up a little bit on Sandy. I don't know. I mean, there's no need That's to because. Because yeah. I mean, yeah, like Donnie would would be like Sandy's at 110 pitches, and there's yeah. one out in the inning, and he let it ride. Let maybe, it maybe instead of eight shutout, we may see a little bit more seven and a third, seven and two thirds innings mm-hmm. outings. 
It just depends if Skip has that confidence in the bullpen coming in mid-inning that Donnie clearly didn't have. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens with this bullpen, mate. I mean, it's uh, it's still a work in progress, but I, I what I was thinking about as well, just a segue to that, for me, Dylan Floro, I think, looks to be probably the closer, let's say, and I think yeah. he's, he's done a nice job. For me, I think this this bullpen hinges on can they have can they get a a, a breakout or a, a progression from Tanner Scott? Can they just try and find a way to get the whip down from like one one six or whatever it might be down to like one one or whatever it might be just to just get the command. The stuff is there, and there's there's a leverage, a high leverage arm there in Tanner Scott. I'm I'm confident of it, but, but there needs to be some. To him, I don't know. Where's your head at with Tanner Scott? I really hope over the offseason he just honed in on mm. command with the fastball. Yeah. If if he was if it was a sticky situation, we saw against the Phillies, he did not throw a fastball. Nope. And the guy was sitting slider. I forgot his name. Stubbs. And Stubbs, yes. Yeah. He was like remember. nine straight sliders. <laughs> <laughs> if Tanner Scott is in a bind, he's going to the slider. And yeah. every single hitter knows that. So he needs mm -hmm. to show up in spring with a new mentality of, listen, I've got 97, 98 with a little bit of run. I, I need to I need to figure out how I can spot this re even remotely consistency, consistently. So that way yeah. I can have it in my back pocket. So that way these guys aren't sitting slider every single pitch when there's runners on base. Yeah, absolutely. It was just telegraphed. Like, literally, it was slider after slider until finally this Garrett Stubbs dude, you know, launched one out of there. I mean, it was... A lot broke my heart. Yeah, it did. Um, that was that was a painful one. I remember doing a pod straight after that happened, and it was painful. Talk to me, though, about Trevor Rogers and um, Edward Cabrera. Uh, how, I mean, the upside is there. These guys, you know, they're both still young. There's tons of potential the Marlins are going to be leaning on these guys to deliver some significant innings, as well as Lozado. Um, how, what's the confidence levels on those two to to kind of step up really this year and and deliver what's needed? I think. I was reading. I was reading some Fangraphs articles. One was on Trevor. One was on Eddie. Actually, I think the Eddie article was on Fist Stripes. Nevertheless, <laughs> when it came to Eddie, we saw a drastic change right from 2021 to 2022. Eddie. Yeah. The biggest thing was his change up. Mm -hmm. Mel Stoudemire is, is, is he's a, just a, he's a magician, isn't he? He just goes to work because <laughs> Eddie's changeup was the difference maker last year. Yeah, he figured out how to control it and how to get some tumbling action on it, and it just opened up his entire pitch repertoire because mm. he's got the heat and he's got some sink action on it. It's a heavy fastball, right? And yeah. he's, and he's got, and he's got the hook, but he had nothing with any type of fading action like any type of off-speed, pull-the-string type pitch. And I think that changed it completely. Yeah, We still have to work on some control. Obviously, the walks are a little bit iffy. It was the same thing with Sandy when he when he came out. Though. Yeah, exactly the same. Eddie has the build. He has the stuff. He's got the pitches now. He's got fastball, sinker, change-up, curveball. That's yeah. four pitches. That's all you need. He's got it all. Now he doesn't have to worry about developing any other pitches or anything like that. Last year he was focused on the changeup, so that was, I think, a lot of his time spent. This year, command, 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 and I yeah. think we're going to see a really good Eddie coming out. Me too, me too, mate. The only thing that's in the back of my mind is just these niggling injuries with Eddie Cabrera. It just feels like that's once he it. he gets some momentum going, and then next thing is 
you know, something happens and he's down for a couple of weeks. That's the only thing. But like getting some momentum going with some like may, like twenty five consecutive starts, you know, maybe shut him down at the end because we haven't yeah. really stressed him out too much. But twenty to twenty five starts of Eddie, I would be ecstatic. Me too. Me too. What about twenty five starts of Trevor Rogers in twenty twenty three? Trevor, Trevor, Trevor was disappointing, man. I mm. I was a huge Trevor Rogers believer. Just, Me too. Big, lanky lefty. Everybody loves some big country lefties in their in their rotation. <laughs> that guy throws ninety seven from way up top. It looks like he's throwing from fifty six feet. Mm. Like, I think what what I had read was his a little a little too much reliance on the slider when it's by far his weakest pitch. Yeah. So I think. I think they're going to get into the tunnel with with Trev and work on a little bit of, uh, I guess, pitch mix and sequencing type uh, configurations for Trev. Maybe go a little more fastball changeup heavy just because mm-hmm. his fastball rides so yeah. easily. It's a lot of swing and miss on the fastball. And then his changeup tunnels perfectly with that. The slider... It's a slider, you know, it's a, it's not, I wouldn't call it a cement mixer, but it's, it's not getting a lot of swings and misses. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of research on baseball. Savant. I don't know if you could tell. There, there was a few, listen, there was a few cement mixes in there. I'm, I'm confident of that. Like from, from big Trev, that was, that was the problem. The biggest was... Thing, yeah. The biggest thing on fan graphs, if you look at his uh, home run per fly ball rate in 2021, it was the lowest in baseball. Yeah. And then in 2022, it skyrocketed up. So I think we're going to find a little bit of middle ground, hopefully mm-hmm. with Trev he won't be the he won't be the the hardest person they hit a home run off of, and he also won't be the easiest this year. No. So I think if we see Trev with his normal strikeout rate, and then you know he'll always walk a few batters. Um, like if he if he walks two or three batters an outing, it's it's it, that just comes with having Trevor Rogers on your rotation. But he needs to get back to having that swing and miss stuff, and I think we'll he'll we'll see a good year out of him. I'm completely with you, by the way. Like when I think back to 21. It was fastball changeup. Like the fastball was just so hard. It was. It looked like a hard fastball, and the changeup just was perfect. It was the perfect complement to that pitch. This slider introduced into twenty two, it just kind of threw everything off. And listen, righties, I, I just remember righties just piling into Trevor. Like it was just everyone was demolishing him, and it was these early innings where he'd just have like a 40, 50 pitch inning or something crazy, and he couldn't get out of the innings. He just couldn't get out of. You know, the first, second, third inning, and the starts were just so short. Something wasn't yeah. right with Trevor last year, all year. It was just, it, it looked off at the start. Maybe it was just this slider. Maybe there was a lack of confidence in it. And, I'm you looking, know, that, that, that just. Savant. Yeah, I'm looking at Savant. His fastball usage went down in 2022, and his slider usage went up. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. Basically, you take away one of, your, one of your really best pitches and just start using a cement mixer <laughs> instead. That's a bad combination. So, yeah, yeah I'm interested. Yeah. Talk to me about Uri Perez because listen, Uri's no, I love you Uri. know he's 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 knocking on the door. I mean, he's got an invite to spring. We're gonna see him in spring. I mean, you know, he's he's a, a forearm strain away from you know being in the rotation at the major league level at 19. Uh, you know, that's that's how close they were looking like here with Perez. I mean, what's what are the Marlins gonna be thinking here with him? I mean, if you think about it, it goes Sandy then Jesus, then Johnny Cueto, then Trevor, then Eddie, then Braxton Garrett. Mm-hmm. So that's six. Yep. Yuri, seven. You're not going to have six, though, seven. Jake Eater is not healthy yet. 
Max Myers uh, still recovering from Tommy John. So Yuri is knocking on the door. I mean, at spring at spring training, your seventh guy, he's going to see big league action that year, a hundred percent. I think I I would expect Yuri. He slowed down in Double A last year, but his his control was fantastic. He was missing bats every single outing. Um, I think he just got maybe a little bit of arm fatigue. He had never been stretched out that much before. Mm-hmm. But I think we're, we're going to see Eddie. Uh, Eddie, we're going to see Yuri in the big leagues. I think at some point this year, I think he's going to tear it up in AAA to start the year. This guy, I am so excited for him. Touches a hundred, amazing control, two breaking pitches, nasty changeup. He's going to be insane. <laughs> yes, I'm going to clip that. Three, we're going to have the three Dominicans at the top of the rotation, and they're going to tear up the league. This Hype sounds- me up, baby. Sounds absolutely sensational. Talk to me about Sixto then, because he is looking slim on Instagram anyway. So I Sixto, know, is he, he going to be back? El Bobo season is back. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Sixto, oh my God. It breaks my heart because I was so hyped for Sixto in 2020, and he was fantastic. And we just haven't seen him since. We literally haven't seen him since. Mm. And there's videos of him playing catch in Jupiter. I mean, he's... It, is he throwing bullpens right now? Is he going to get innings in spring training? Does anybody know? Like that, The biggest question is, can he be on a mound facing hitters? Yeah. That is the question. Um, and he hasn't answered it yet. <laughs> so, so I, I, I mean, I'm afraid that people with that shoulder injury, they, they lose velo and they lose stuff. And that's mm. the biggest thing. Sixto yeah. relied on having a hundred mile an hour sinker that he could control where it went wherever in the pitch box that he wanted. Yeah. And so we have no, it's been literally two years since we've seen him. We have no idea what to expect from him. He could be, he could come out and be throwing 91, 92 flat. We, we have no idea. Or he could come out throwing a hundred again. There's a lot of variance. There to, it is. Variance of outcomes and of what to expect out of Sixto. And <laughs> It, I, I, I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you. No. No, I don't think anyone can. I mean, the, the reality is no one knows because, you know, until he's back throwing against hitter, you know, hitters and, you know, we're just not going to know. At that point, then we'll work it out. Is Sixto still Sixto or have the two years and the injuries taken their toll, I guess. But let's wrap up with one final question because we're we're probably 15 minutes over time, but it's this episode has absolutely flown by. It's been wonderful. Great, yeah. Talk about high variance. The Marlins uh, projection. <laughs> Maybe they aren't high variance, but based on the offseason thus far, um, you know, it's fair to say it's been an interesting offseason. But when you look at it, they've added in Cueto, they've added in Mean Gene, um, they've added in or, or traded for Arias, given up Pablo, obviously moved Miguel Rojas. There's a lot of roster churn going on, but. Just generally, how are you feeling about this Marlins team now heading into the year? Like, can they make some noise, like legitimately make some noise in the wildcard hunt into 23? So it all depends on what Avi Garcia does and what Jorge Soler do. Yeah. That it's, it's literally that because we have consistent contact bats that you know will be in the lineup and they'll make contact and they'll have 110 way to run creative plus. It'll be a rise. Segura. Garrett Cooper. Jazz yeah. will be good. We know those four will be good. Yeah. Okay. Solaire, 
And Avi, we have no idea what they're going to do. Slim Avi, skinny Avi, yeah. he could absolutely pop off. I am praying it happens. I am praying that's, it That's happens. the right word. Literally, all Marlins fans are just praying for an odd year skinny Avi special. That's what odd year skinny Avi. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's a trend and we needed to keep on going because we those did. two are pivotal. We know Skip is going to put them in the middle of the lineup to start the year. Mm. We, we, we know that's going to happen. They're going to hit four, five, six around there. Yeah. And we know the pitching will be good. The, that's never been an issue with the Marlins. We, we Braxton Garrett came out of nowhere and gave us insanely quality innings. Like that's just our rotation is, is fantastic in my opinion. So those two bats need, need to be productive because we will have guys on base. It's about will the guys we pay, we are paying a lot of money to drive in those runs, drive in those runners. Will they do that? That's the biggest question mark for me. There you go. I, I couldn't agree more. Like the way they've set this lineup now, the the off season business, it's for nothing if Avi and Soler can't do what they're paid to do, and that's what it hinges on. That's what this offense hinges on: is can those two big boys deliver what they should be doing? And that's it. The pitching will be the pitching. The bullpen will be fun at times, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be what it'll be. Oh, uh, Danny, that has been. Rotation, though, I will say that I'm very excited to see Jesus get hopefully a full healthy season in. Maybe see Yuri in the rotation at some point. Yeah. Eddie and Trevor. Eddie kicking off of a successful 2022. Trevor with a bounce back. I am very excited to see what the rotation has to offer this year. Me too. The rotation is absolutely stacked full of studs, young studs, and exciting studs. And you know, we're not even adding into that you know Sixto really we're not really projecting him and Max Meyer because he's um, down for the year we're not even thinking about Jake either like there's so many other names Dax Fulton coming this yes, Marlins no. production line is just insane um, which gives them opportunities to you know add some sticks in a different way as the year goes on it doesn't all have to happen right now you know as time ticks along for example Brian Reynolds's value perhaps starts to diminish as the control starts to disappear. So who knows? Maybe we're 500 at the midseason point. There you maybe, go. maybe middling along offense needs a spark. Mm-hmm. Brian Reynolds is there for the taking. We could see what happens. Exactly. Exactly. Dan, you got me pumped. I must say, mate, that has been a wonderful 40 minutes. I've really enjoyed myself and hope you have too. Uh, and I'm sure everyone listening has as well. Guys, it's going to wrap us up on Friday's episode of Locked on Marlins. Thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen, perhaps your second listen. I know it's going to be a late drop, but nevertheless, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, There will unlikely be an episode over the weekend unless there is a major news drop. And if there is, you know the drill, guys. There will be a Locked on Marlins whenever there is news. Danny Rodriguez, thanks so much for joining me. That's Peter Pratt. Danny Rodriguez, sign out. Be back next week.